Sleep time. Good morning. All right. All right. Get yourselves comfortable. Now that half the church has gone to Children's Church, we got room. You can move in. I want to thank you guys uh, for being so kind of patient and, and with us, working with us in the beginning when the church is really, really packed and we keep asking people to move and to make room. Thank you for understanding. It's a good problem. Amen. And if you had an attitude, get over it. <laughs> Just got to put that out there. Not everybody's happy when you ask, you know, is that root seat taking? You see how I'm worshiping. So, amen. Come on, press in, press in. Tell all the busybodies, que se callen. You don't want to hear no talking no more. You don't want nobody to be gossiping in your ear. You don't want to hear any comments. Tell them you can talk to me afterwards. I need the word of God right now. Amen? Anybody excited about the word this morning? Oh, man. Listen, I believe there is, and, you know, I always believe this. I don't always say it, but there's fire in this message right here. I believe there's something in the Word of God today that's ready to set somebody free. I truly believe there's victory in the Word for you this morning. Now, you know, I never amp it up or I never, but I believe this. I really, really believe this. Amen? So if you would not be distracted this morning, if you would focus and press in with me for the next three or four hours, if, if, we, if we could just, just kind of get in, get in. Some of you were excited about that. The rest of you were like, he better be joking. All right, I'd like to start with a quote. This one's a little bit, uh, it's more of a, well, just listen. I know not by what method rare, but this I know God answers prayer. I know that he has given his word, which tells me prayer is always heard and will be answered soon or late and so I pray and calmly wait. I know not if the blessing sought will come in just the way that I thought, but I leave my prayers with him alone, whose will is wiser than my own, assured that he will grant my quest or send some answer far more blessed. Mm. Amen. Amen. Father, we just thank you for your word. And right now, God, I ask that you would, that we would decrease, that you would increase. God, that your word, which is sharper than a double-edged sword, that it would penetrate. God, remove, remove the speaker and the listener. Deal in our hearts, God, and prepare us for the seed that you want to plant in Jesus' name. We ask you to bleach us and reach us today. Amen. 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 You know, I'm always looking for quotes and little stories like that. I like to start with those things, but occasionally, how I many you know the internet's kind of a dangerous place? Right? Oh, don't, don't give me those faces like you don't know. 
One day I was looking, I was in between looking for quotes and checking Facebook because, you know, that kind of goes whenever you're there. You got to be checking, you know. And so I, I ended up, as I was looking for quotes and reading little stories and stuff, I ended up on an, I don't know how, it was through a quote that was on somebody's Facebook that sent me to a, a somebody else's Facebook. And I ended up on an atheist website. And I started reading all kinds of derogatory quotes. And I started reading all kinds of stories about um, the mocking God and mocking Jesus and, and the way that they were just kind of making fun of everything that I believe and everything that I stand for. And, and I was, at first I was shocked, then I was angry, and I was disgusted. I said, how do these people just mock and ridicule what I consider sacred? And after a while, I have to be honest with you, it really started playing tricks in my mind. How many of you know words have power? Words have power. And when you read words, those words are spoken by you and spoken into you. That's why it's so kind of dangerous, amen? But it's also, that's why there's so much power. In the spoken word. And that's why there's so much power in reading your word and listening to the, to the word. Because there's power in words. But So these words for me during this moment, they were like a pickup truck that picked me up, threw me in the back, and drove me from where I was and left me someplace on Doubt Street. Anybody been to Doubt Street? Anybody been to Question Avenue? Confused Boulevard? You ever had something or someone do that to you? With their questioning or their conflicting stories, with their lifestyles maybe, with their attitudes. You ever, you ever had someone kind of drive you out to Doubt Street and leave you there? And, and, and all you have is, is two things. You have two choices. You either have to find your way back or you got to stay lost. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Listen, if this hasn't happened to you yet or lately, it will. There are going to be things in your life. There are going to be people you come across. that There are going to be storms that you find yourself in. Sometimes all of the above. And that they're going to pull you from the familiar and leave you someplace on Doubt Street. Leave you someplace where you're questioning. Leave you someplace where <coughs> you're saying, maybe this isn't what. I thought it was. Maybe I don't believe, I don't know what I believe. Maybe, maybe, what can, I mean, everybody can't be wrong. What if, if this is right? What if that's right? What if I'm not right? What if, is, is, am I talking to anybody? Have you ever been there? Now, while this is dangerous, it's a dangerous place to be. It's dangerous to find yourself in a place where you're not sure about anything, where you're questioning everything. How many of you know it can also be very good for you? It can also be very healthy. Amen? Listen to me. There are some places that I've been, there are some things that I've seen that have shaped me into who I am today. And I could do what I do because of what I've seen and where I've been. Come on, somebody should have said amen on that. There's a, there's a Puerto Rican proverb 
that says, lo que no mata engorda. What that means, it says, what doesn't kill you makes you bigger. What doesn't kill you makes you stronger. This is going to get spiritual to you. What doesn't finish you builds you up. What doesn't destroy you actually brings you life. Amen? There's a spiritual truth that I see at work in my life, and you probably see it in yours. It's found in John 10.10. It says, the enemy comes to steal, kill, and destroy. Jesus says, I came that you might have life and have it to the full. To the full. Somebody say full. 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 Now, the reality of that is that sometimes you find yourself in victory. Anybody ever find yourself in victory? Come on, three of you, amen. We got a lot of work to do then. Sometimes you find yourself in victory, man, and sometimes you find you've been the victim. Am I talking to anybody on this? Maybe I missed the boat. I showed up at the wrong church this morning. The truth is, I don't care what anybody tells you, there are going to be times in your life when you get it and you know it and, and, and anything can happen to you and you just rise up. You know what I'm talking about? Those times in your life where it doesn't matter what you're going through. It doesn't matter what people throw at you. I call them Romans 8.37 moments. They're, they're, they're moments where anything could happen and you say, No, in all these things I am more than a conqueror. Through him, and you have to stand like this when you do that, you know. This is my superhero stance. No, I am more than a conqueror through him who loves me. <laughs> For I am convinced that neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither the present nor the future, neither any powers, neither height nor death, nor anything else in creation will be able to separate me from the love of God in Christ Jesus. And when you, when you act like that and when you're in those moments, you know you know it because the people around you, they're blessed, right? You ever have people around you say, oh, man, I love being around you, man. You are like, there's something about you, man. You like change the atmosphere. There's something about your faith. There's something about your smile. There's something about the power that you have and the, the belief that you have. I don't know what it is. I don't, I'm not religious, but, man, there's something about you that's just powerful. Anybody ever had Good, there's five Christians in here. Amen. Amen. I'm excited. There's, there's sometimes that, you know, we, we, we get those things and the people around you, they, they're amazed at the, at the display. But listen, I don't care who you are. There are also times when you crawl up in the corner of your life, tired, afraid, angry, confused, and you're asking yourself, how can God love me? Anybody ever been there? Sometimes it's so crazy because it could be the day after the superhero day. Anybody ever had that? 
It could be the day after four people at your job say, I come to work just to be around you, man, because there's something about you that, that's amazing. There, there, there's, it could be the next day. Somebody just said, man, I, I'm going to come to church with you Sunday because there's something about you that I, I got to be around. I got to see what, you know, and the next day you're, you're sitting at home. Nobody's watching. It's late at night and you're sitting up in the corner. You can't sleep and you're saying, God, I, I don't know how you could even love me. God, you see the thoughts I have. You see the questions I have. You see how I wrestle. You, you, these people don't see that all the time. They only see the cape. But there are those moments that we have, God, you know, and so sometimes we're the superhero Christians. We've got our super Jesus sneakers on. And we can run anywhere. We can be all things to all people. We can be there, we can be here, we can be there, we can be here, we can be there, we can be here. We can throw a blessing, lay a hand, drop a prayer, bless somebody, curse some disease. Come on. You got that cape on. You could be anywhere. Bam. And then there's sometimes where you have that loop, super loser forehead, you know. Tell somebody, I'm not going to get bitter, I'm going to get better. Come on, come on. So what I want to do, I was, I was, listen, I only share this because this is what I go through. So I figure if I go through it, maybe somebody else is going through it. Amen? I don't know if you guys came like to play fantasy church or if it's okay to just be real and, and, and say that we struggle. I hope I didn't, you know, disillusion anybody. I thought, I thought the pastor was always walking in the spirit, always praying, walking from glory to glory. So I saw him walking down the street. He didn't even touch the floor. His shoe never get worn out because he don't touch the floor. That man is, woo! That man is walking. God carries him to his car. <laughs> what I want to focus on for the rest of this year, church family, I want to inspire you. I want to prepare you. I want to equip you. Life on this side of heaven is a battle. Say amen like you've really been through something. It's a battle for your thoughts. It's a battle for your actions. It's a battle for your minds. It's a battle for your bodies. It's a battle for your soul. <coughs> what I want to do is I want to put some bullets in your gun. Come on, we're making it Bronx right here. I want to put some arrows in your quiver. I'm starting a new sermon series today, and, and I'm going to be working with the entire preaching team here to, to preach this series until the end of the year because I want to build us up so much that when the new year comes, everybody's going to be ready. Amen? Ready. I don't mean ready to make a resolution. I'm going to lose 10 pounds this year. I'm going to start gym. I'm going to join Planet Fitness. I'm going to join. No, no. I mean ready, ready to be the man, to be the woman that you're called to be. Ready to be the minister. Ready to be the, the, the worship leader. Ready to be the thing that God called you to be. This is training. Consider this training camp from now through the holidays. We're going to train. And in the new year, we're going to launch out new ministries. We're going to launch out new things. Amen. Listen, these walls already can't contain us, so I'm not going to be phased by that. God will have to deal with that, right? My responsibility and what God called me to do, my job, my, my calling is to prepare the saints for the ministry. And so that's what we're going to do. The title of the series I got from a song 
I had some of the, the, the team members in the house and we're hanging out. And one of them starts playing the piano. And you, you, you know these guys. One of them starts playing the piano. The other one starts singing. And then when one starts singing, the other one starts singing. And they start freestyling. And after they tell me to shut up and get out of the way, they, they actually came up with something. And they wrote a beautiful song. And we're going to close with that today. And that's going to be amazing. There's going to be a breakthrough and a release in that. But from that song, I took this title for the sermon series. And the title for the sermon series is This I Know. This I Know. Because listen, I want us to learn to stand on what we already know. Oh, come on, this is going to get heavy, so lean in. I want you to understand that, listen, if he's already delivered you from one thing, then this I know, he's the deliverer. If he's already healed you in one thing, one thing, then this I know, he's a healer. Come on, if he's provided for you one time, one time, I don't mean every time that you ask them every week the bills came and God, I got to pay the cable and God, I got to pay to this and God, I got to pay the cell phone and God, I got to pay. And, and, you know, we'll come every month and Adam, even though we're not even being financially responsible, but we I want him at the 30th of the month to pay all the bills that we got into without consulting him in the first place. But let's not even go there. That's the financial workshop Wednesday and Thursday. But I mean, if he's provided for you one time, then this I know, he's a provider. And, 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 and just think about those things in your life. If he's been there one time, this I know, he's my help. He's a shield in the storm. He's the lifter of my head. He's, he's my, oh, come on, come on. If, if he's done one thing for you, this I know, and that's what you got to stand on. There are platforms in your life that you need to run and stand on. And when you're in the corner crying and when you're, when you're having a pity party, get back on your platform and say, wait a minute, I may not know that. I may not know that or that or that, but this I know. This I know. He's the lifter of my head. He's my deliverer. He's my redeemer. He rescues me. <coughs> Praise God. And so this way, when, when situations come at you, or when people come at you sideways with this snake talk, saying something other than what you already know, then you can stand and say, I may not know that, I may not be familiar with those big fancy religious words. I may not know about that doctrine or that. I may not understand that theology. I may not be very this or very that. But listen to me, this I know. And so I want to give you a scripture to stand on. So I don't want this to be desparate that you heard from me. Uh, I want you to give, give you a scripture to stand on for this entire series. I want you to learn it. I want you to lean on it. I want you to taste it. I want you to swallow it. I want you to trust in it. I want it to get inside you. And then I want you to fight with it. Somebody say amen. Because listen, I truly, truly believe there's victory for us in this word today. The word is found in the book of Revelations. If you have your Bibles, that's the last book. That's all the way at the end. Some of you might be readers. I know, I know some of you, you love to you'll take a 900-page book and read it and you'll love it. You'll be reading all that junk. Not me. I'm the kind of reader. I want to get to the end. I want to find out who lives, who dies, who kill who. 
I love to skip to the end, amen? I want to see how the story ends. Well, this is in Revelations 12, verse 11. Revelations 12, verse 11. It says, and they, meaning us, overcame him, meaning the enemy, by the blood of the lamb and by the word of their testimony. Oh, man, put that in your purse. Put it in your iPhone, put it on your Facebook, put it in your Twitter, put it in your Instagram. I mean, eat it, let it become a part of you. They overcame by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of their testimony. I love it. The message says they defeated them through the blood of the Lamb and the bold word of their witness. Listen, there may be many things that the enemy can try to come at you with. People will try to trip you up with twisted theologies. They can swerve you with scripture. They can divert you with doctrine. But John gives us a picture at the end of the story. And in the end, he says, there are two keys to overcoming. And that's the blood of the lamb and the word of your testimony. I don't think you realize, because I think three people would have just left running around the building because they got it. They said, I don't need no more. You have to understand, this is not a secret. This is not something that I came up with. This is not some clever preaching to to scratch where you itch. This is the word of God. John says, in the end, they overcame by the blood of the lamb and by the word of their testimony. This is the word telling you how to overcome. Not a preacher, not a church. This is the word saying, use the word to overcome. You can overcome how? How do I overcome? By the blood of the lamb and by the word of your testimony. By that which God gave us and by that which we've seen. By in, in what God has done for us and in what God has done through us. I mean, you know, I, I, I didn't realize that what God did through me matters. Do you understand that your testimony matters? And, and a lot of us might think, no, no, that testimony stuff, that's for people that they were born in a crack house and, and you know, and this and, and that. No, your testimony, the thing that you've been through. Some of you might be sitting here and say, you know what, I grew up in church. I've never been through nothing. I grew up in church all my life. I've been going to church all my life. Some, somebody say, praise God. You've never been through nothing? Are you stupid? <laughs> You know you are in that world dealing with people, dealing with situations. You lost this. You gained that. You're just not, you're just focused. Amen. And so you might think, I don't have a testimony. You got one of the best testimonies in this house. It's what God has done for us and what God has done through us that will always lead us in victory. Let's dig into that a little bit. The blood of the lamb. Listen, if you're new to church, that might sound like some crazy talk. The blood of the lamb. What the heck? I live in the Bronx. I've never seen a lamb in my life. I don't want to have nothing to do with the blood of a lamb. I don't know what kind of consanteria crap you got going on here, but I don't want none of that act sacrifice stuff. Right? And so this might seem foreign to you. Let me, let me explain it for a minute before you go running. We get the imagery from the Passover in Exodus 11 and 12. When the wrath of God, this is Old Testament stuff, and this is stories that we read in the Old Testament of what happened to God's people. And so it was a time when the wrath of God was against Pharaoh. 
Because Pharaoh had been enslaving God's people and, and God was using Moses to tell, to tell um, the Pharaoh, let my people go. It's time to deliver my people. And he wouldn't. And so the Lord uh, put all these many, many plagues upon them, upon the, upon the Pharaoh and upon his people. And the final plague that, that he, he dropped on them was the plague of the firstborn. And so God says, this night... The firstborn of every household here, the, from the Pharaoh to the maidservants, the firstborn will be killed. Even the cattle, the firstborn of every cattle will be killed. The firstborn of every spider in your house will be killed. You're going to find dead cockroaches in your kitchen because the firstborn of every cockroach is going to be killed. You, you understand? This is a serious word that God dropped. The firstborn is going to be killed. Let me give you a side note real quick because I hear a lot of people that don't, non-believers and atheists, they talk about this and they say, you know what, I'm not good with a God who would kill the firstborn of anything. You ever heard that? I'm not good with a God that needs sacrifice. I'm not good with a God that would require the blood sacrifice of an animal to cover the sin of man. Let, let me just address that real quick. God's not good with our sin. God's not good with our rebellion. God's not good with our disobedience and disregard. He's not good with our disrespect and our disloyalty. God's not good with our sin. See, church, sometimes we go so overboard trying to paint God as this fluffy love pillow that we think we can tell him what we like and what we don't like. We think we can tell God, you know what, I'm not good with that. Really? <laughs> can you picture, just get an imagery for a minute, can you picture if an ant could talk? No, a flea, no, a bed bug. What's the smallest thing we could maybe see? A bed bug, y'all familiar with that, right? <laughs> I'm saying we heard about it, you know, you got friends that got bed bugs, you, we know about this stuff. Picture if bed bugs could talk, and one morning a bed bug sat up on your pillow, and he said, you know what, I'm not good with you cleaning with the Lysols and the bug sprays that you, I'm not good with that. So you need to stop that. I'm, I, I need you to start leaving some crumbs in the bed so we could eat some more. I need to, to, you know, imagine if a bed bug told you I'm not good with the way you're running your bedroom. That wouldn't even be as close as one of us telling God, Oh God, I'm not good with that blood sacrifice thing, alright? I'm not good with, with the way you handle things. I'm not good with that. Listen, the truth of the cross is that God hates sin so much that he required a perfect sacrifice to pay for it. The wages of sin equal death. So God hates sin so much that he required a perfect sacrifice to pay for it. The flip side, God loves you so much that he provided the perfect sacrifice. So the cross is love and wrath. The cross is wrath and love. Let's not play with that anymore, amen? 
The first animal sacrifice, as a matter of fact, was done by God himself. And that was for what? To cover Adam and Eve because they were walking around with fig leaves trying to cover themselves. And so the first animal sacrifice, God killed an animal to make them clothes of leather. And he taught us from that point on so that we wouldn't have to continue trying to sacrifice to cover over our sins. He provided that perfect sacrifice to take away the sins of the world. So if, <coughs> if you're not good with the wrath of God, then maybe you should get under the covering of God. Because just not being good with it is not good enough. And it's not an excuse. It's like saying, I don't believe in gravity and jumping off of a building. Guarantee whether you believe in gravity or not, that floor is going to pull you down. And somewhere, I promise you, I guarantee you, you're going to cry like that. And, and somewhere, somewhere...